Welcome back to The Talk, the podcast about Nordic entrepreneurship from Nordia Private Banking. Sometimes you come across companies that sound like they are science fiction. And today we're talking to a company that falls into that category for me. It's a startup that makes super nutritious food out of thin air and electricity. And they plan to do that on a global scale. Not only can this lead to an environmental revolution in food production, but also makes food available in areas where regular agriculture is demanding. Here is the co-founder and CEO of Solar Foods, Pasi Vainika. Great to uh, to have you on, Pasi. We've all he- heard of solar power, and that's all the big fuss. But you are making solar food. What is that all about? We are converting, uh, from engineering perspective, electricity to edible calories uh, with about 20% efficiency. And our gift to society is to disconnect food production from agriculture. So when you do that, you need to replace some current, currently fundamentals, which is basically you need a arable land and some er- energy arriving on those hectares, which is typically yeah solar power because the plants are are photosynthetic that we we uh, we use so we are here replacing those two things we are replacing agricultural land with fermenters so we are kind of a brewery and um, direct sunlight is is replaced with electricity right yeah that that's true that uh, regular ag- agriculture is also solar food i guess in a way but uh, from you guys, I mean, we, we, with regular agriculture, you get the nutrients and the vitamins and everything from the ground, right? And, and how do you how do you go about that? We apply technology called gas fermentation, so it's similar to classical fermentation. For example, in winemaking, you typically have a in a fermenter sugars liquid, and you add yeast, and this yeast eats sugar for energy and carbon to grow and express alcohol to so surrounding liquid. We do the same, but our microbe in a fermenter does not eat sugar, but it eats hydrogen for the source of uh, energy that we make with electricity. And then then the carbon dioxide as a source of carbon that we capture from the air and concentrate it and feed it for, for the organism. That sounds that sounds really crazy. I, I, I know when I first heard about this, inter- I was going to have this interview, somebody told me, well, he's making food out of thin air and, and sun <laughs> and, uh, or, or electricity. Um, that sounded re- really mad. Uh, how, how did you come up with this idea? Our history is at our National Research Institute, VDT in Finland. My background is actually in energy systems research. And there we were looking at uh, 100% renewable energy system. Uh, so we saw that solar wind batteries will become cheap, as which is kind of a uh, real today, but it wasn't so only a couple of years ago. But for my disappointment, I realized that about up to one third of the climate impact due human action is due to what we eat. So if we install all those amazing technologies, it would not could be enough to to save uh, the humankind from from climate change. And it's even worse because when we are deploying now those technologies, uh, the standard of of living is increasing on the planet, maybe population as well. Then uh, after, let's say, 15, 20, 15, 25 years from today, uh, these two numbers are 
at par. So half of the emissions is due to what we eat and half it do, is due to the energy what we what we do. So that's kind of my personal experience. Then we came together with, with Juha Pekka, who was working on our CTI Solar Foods now, and I mean, dear co-founder. We, um, Juha Pekka knew that there are forms of life that can utilize electricity. And he has a background with yeast and eth- ethanol and stuff. And then uh, he um, uh, basically proposed this concept that, okay, we, you know, here, here's a path from electricity to edible calories and uh, high in protein even. And yeah, then we decided to, to go for a company. We're encouraged by a couple of friends and, uh, and later on co-founders. And uh, here we are three years after. It, it sounds like this could be, uh, of course, there's the environmental side of it, which is fantastic. But it sounds like this could be something for Elon Musk's space farm on Mars as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we did have, a, with the European Space Agency, a um, small study where we did some, some uh, uh, feasibility calculations, also some experimental uh, for, for producing food for uh, missions like Mars missions, so, so long-duration uh, missions. And one of the outcomes was the list what you need to shoot with the crew. <laughs> How much does it weigh and you know, what are the advantages, the disadvantages and what you need to research further. But also uh, kind of a, one of the outcome was that a 40-liter fermenter could produce the, the protein what the crew of six needs. So it can be done. But also if we want to be sustainable here on, the planet, on planet Earth, we need to recirculate everything. So basically planet Earth is, is a spaceship. Yeah, and it's getting increasingly crowded, this spaceship of, of Earth. Yeah, absolutely. And then you suddenly suddenly realize that uh, pushing the limits doesn't seem to work. And actually, that is, I believe, uh, what we are seeing now in agriculture and aquaculture. So some ask that why now this actually the concept what we are doing was published by Battelle and, and NASA scientists in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, so we didn't invent, we can't say we invent this uh, this concept. Right. And... Um... The product itself, have you uh, tried it for breakfast yet? Or Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We've uh, done, um, actually, um, it might be of interest for the listeners to visit solene.com. Solene is the name of our, our product ingredient, the, the whole cells that we, we grow. So simply we're just growing cells that are about uh, two micrometers in, in, in size. But the composition is very similar to dried soy or, or meat. So this can be integrated in different kinds of products, meat alternatives and drinks and uh, pastas. And uh, but my uh, personal favorite is is yogurt. So next year we'll we'll all skip the Greek yogurt for the space yogurt. Yeah, absolutely. We want everyone <laughs> to feel like an astronaut. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's so so good to hear. Do you know anything about uh, uh, like the health and nutrition and like how how it, how the body? Uh, reacts to this? Yeah, we know quite a lot. There is a procedure called uh, uh, Novel Food, and for that you need to do very strict, um, comprehensive, let's say, analysis and tests. Uh, and the, and it is it is quite strict how these new foods are approved. So what I can guarantee is that 
this food when it's approved it's probably the most natural food you what you've ever had and uh, and definitely safer so the what we are just doing is is we're growing cells uh, and these cells dried cells are the product itself they are about 65 percent protein um five to ten percent fat somewhere between palm oil and olive oil to to make some comparison and uh, 20 25 percent carbs and dietary fiber and uh it is um, also high in uh, in um, iron vitamin a uh, vitamins b b and b12 uh, it's it's incredible. It's actually, even it sounded to me like this was almost like in in a super early research stage. But it sounds like you're you're getting closer and closer to a real product here. Yeah, we just recently announced our our uh, la- latest funding round by the National Finnish Climate Fund, and uh, that complements more or less our runway until twenty uh, three. Uh, which means so two years from uh, from today we all together have about 30 35 million uh, and now uh, pulled together to build our first commercial factory and uh, also there will be kind of an apple store for for food where people could experience this food um, taste it and, and see the production and this factory although small one that we therefore call a demo will be mechanically complete in about 18 months from today so at the end of 22 and with the novel food approval uh we then look at to be marketing in in uh, on the market with on q1 23 but um let's see surprisingly quick i would say still uh this this is happening it's uh, it's real have you always been an entrepreneur or is this uh your first entrepreneurial project this is my first entre- entrepreneurial uh, project. Um, yeah, I used to be uh, at our National Research, Research Institute for, for about 15 years as a, as a scientist, as was my, my um, co-founder colleague, Juha Pekka. So the background is in, in research. And, and the drive, all the energy that it takes to head into a project like this, where do you get that from? Well, there's an opportunity to have a significant impact. So, of course, that is intriguing and uh, have, have, you know, significant meaning for the actual content of work. I guess it's uh, more and more universal. So people are on top of, you know, money and things like that benefits there. Uh, preferably the work should have a, some meaning meaningfulness is is one of the basic needs of uh, of humans so here's an opportunity to to do that but otherwise i would say to to those who are for example in research and academia where i would say in general the the uh, um, innovation system needs initiatives from that it's actually if researchers also need to pitch their ideas for funding uh, or companies if you do applied research in the institutes like we we did so therefore the entrepreneurial life is not that different the next step for you is to build this factory and where do you see that you are in 10 years in 10 years we uh, hope to have um, several factories around the world offering 
price hedging uh, to to companies kind of um, from from the commercial perspective, and also uh, uh, additional nourishment. So once again, one of the hunger is not really, I would encourage to say, the main problem of our food system from from the uh, consumer human perspective, uh, but it's it's uh, under nourishment in terms of especially lack of vitamin A, also iron and some proteins, especially in the early years of life. So that is exactly what we are providing, also with the capability to grow this food where nothing grows today. Uh, we have one example of that on our website, solarfoods.fi map. If one visits that, you can see a global simulation for the production cost of our a protein based on solar and wind data. Uh, so you can see kind of the current productivity uh, of, of the agriculture land flip around to those desert areas where nothing grows today will be actually the best places because of cheap electricity, which is very important for us. Right, yeah, that must be a huge thing, right? That, that you can basically grow this in, in the desert. Absolutely. Then uh, is, there are many aspects. One is security of supply. Um, is, is of course there and then uh, it also results to the situation where this food is cheaper not more expensive but cheaper than what we are having today <laughs> because of this technology uh, and then on a societal level if we think of the, the climate problem and gift uh, to the society is, is uh, we can be provide also what they call a carbon negative future which means that if we would replace, not produce additional food on the planet, but replace really animal uh, products, then you can actually let many uh, uh, agricultural land to grow back to forest, which are uh, removing carbon dioxide from the air. So uh, on a systemic level, the land use impacts, indirect land use impacts, will cause this to be uh, even carbon negative. Well, all this sounds incredibly futuristic but the future seems to be here already so that's really amazing to hear and uh, I'm, I'm so glad you took the time to talk to us about this and um, let us know what's going on already and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where you take this next so thank you for coming thank you very much 